Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. If you're new to the Church RC or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thechurchrc.com. Or we'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the Church RC app, available for free wherever you download your apps. All doing good? You doing good? Man, um, I just, I'm so emotional this morning. I'm having a hard time. Y'all pray for me. Um, if you're here just in this atmosphere of worship, and I just feel this so strong, if you're here in this place and you're believing God for a baby, you know, I remember what that was like. Um, we had a miscarriage before we had Braley, and um, right after we had that miscarriage, I remember um, there was a child dedication Sunday, and I remember I just was sitting there just weeping because the question in my mind that the enemy had taunted me with is, you're never going to get to do that. And um, child dedication is an exciting time when you're the one whose your arms are full, but when your arms are empty, it's really hard. And so I just want to pray right now for any person here believing God for a baby. Can we just pray real quick? Jesus, I just lift up any person here that's believing God for a baby. And Lord, I'm thankful that, Lord, it's part of our covenant right with you that we should have a full womb. And so, Father, I just thank you. I speak to their body and I command it to do what it was created to do. And that, God, I thank you this time next year, they too will stand on this stage with just not a baby in their heart, but a baby in their arms. God, I am so thankful that we know this, that when we ask you anything in your name that you hear us. So, Father, we're thankful and we're confident that you hear us. So, Lord, I just ask that you give them a baby in Jesus' name and everybody say amen amen I had to be obedient to the Lord on that so amen well welcome to the church Roy city on this child dedication Sunday it's a great day to be in the house of the Lord um real quick before we get started uh we had our heart for the house campaign and we're still in that and we're going to be in it until we break ground amen and so but we wanted to give you an update of where we are and I'll just tell you as a pastor uh Brian and I are just both so proud of you guys your generosity speaks volumes you know that you guys are not just willing to dream alongside us but you're willing to give alongside us. And so watching what God has done over the, just the short few weeks that we've been starting this campaign is just remarkable. So as of today, right now, we have $540,826 pledged. Come on for our heart for the house campaign. Isn't that awesome? And then in actual commitments given, we have $139,500 given. Isn't that awesome? That gets me excited. So we are off to a great start. And um, for those of you that don't know, it's going to cost $1 million for us to be able to break ground. And people ask, well, when are we going to break ground? Well, we'll move forward at the speed of your generosity. And as you give, we'll be able to move forward. And every dollar you give is $1 closer that we're going to be to get in there. And together, we're going to see that money come in. And I've learned this over this whole thing because um, I'm the type I want everything and I want it yesterday. And I found this, that God's timing's perfect. And he knows the perfect time for us to come in. And so we're just resting in his plan. And so I just want to tell you how proud we are of you and your generosity. And we are moving forward. I'm excited to see all that God continues to do. Amen. With all that said, we are in our fourth part of our Just Saying series. How many of you guys have loved this message from Brian? Hasn't it been good? Pastor Brian's done so good. And um, I've loved reminding him of all the different messages he's preached, you know. I feel like it's my job in his life to be like Holy Ghost Junior. So 
I'm just calling to remembrance the righteousness that's bestowed upon him. And so uh, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 10, and we're going to bounce around in Joshua, Joshua chapter 10. I'm reading in the Amplified, as is my custom. And it says, so Joshua went up from Gilgal, he and all the warriors with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them, for I have given them into your hand. There shall uh, not a man of them stand before you. Verse 12. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord on the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the Israelites. And he said in the sight of Israel, son, be silent and stand still at Gibeon. And you moon in the valley of Ahadon. And the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the nation took vengeance upon the enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of the heavens and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. There was no day like it before or since when the Lord heeded the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. Can we pray together? Jesus, we're just so thankful, Father, that this is a God-appointed word at a God-appointed time. Lord, I just speak to every ear and declare that it's open and receptive, that every heart be softened for the seed of the word of God. Father, I declare in this place that every life will be changed, that no one will leave the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody who believed it said, amen. You know, it's funny how things happen and you start to get a bad reputation for things. And, you know, you never really plan on having the bad reputation. It just kind of happens really quickly. And so my husband is extremely punctual um, to the point that it's annoying. Um, We've been so early to movies before where we actually watch the cleaning crew from the last movie because he's afraid that we won't get a good seat. This is true story. Um, He's so early that we've been three and a half hours early for a domestic flight um, because he's so early. Now me on the other time, on the other hand, I'm like real casual about it. I'm like, it's fine, especially with flights. I'm like, it's all going to be fine. And I, I, cause I'm so optimistic. I believe the best in myself of being able to get there in the best time possible. And so there's been lots of things that have happened. Uh, me and Nancy, one time um, we were flying for me to go out of town to preach and we were laughing and having such a great time doing Snapchat videos in the parking lot that we realized that we had been sitting there waiting for our shuttle for 45 minutes and to which we missed our flight. But that really wasn't my fault. That wasn't my fault. And so I know these things sound like they're my fault, but they're really not my fault. There was another time I was flying to Vegas to preach and I was with my daughter and I left because in my positivity, I knew the time we were leaving, there's not gonna be traffic. This is a great time. We sat on 635, no lying, like parked for over an hour and we nearly missed our flight. Like we were like last call, Braley Sparks, Crystal Sparks, and we're running to the gate. I'm like, this is what it's like to almost miss your flight, but not completely miss it, but almost miss it. So I was flying to Canada to preach and I had Crystal Figueroa, who is our creative director with me um, from the church. And we were there and this time was different because I was like, you know what? I'm going to shake off my bad reputation to Brian and I'm going to show him I'm an adult. I know how to get things done. Amen. 
so we got there. We were like on time. Everything was good. We even had time to get Starbucks and we're just sitting there. And you know, do you guys like to people watch? Anybody like to people watch? And we're just sitting there people watching. And like, I like to make up fake stories about people. Does anybody else do this? Like we like to pretend like where they're going and what they're doing and what kind of life they have. So we're making like stories and it was kind of like a challenge to see who could come up with the most outrageous stories. And so all of a sudden I realized we've been here for a long time, like long time, like really, really long time. Like watch so many people leave on flights and we're still sitting there. Our Starbucks is now gone and the snacks I had packed in my bag are gone. And you know, when you start to get that feeling like, I don't know that something's right. And so we watched all the people on this one plane, they had all boarded and we could tell they were like waiting for another person. Well, all of a sudden we wondered, I wonder if that's our flight across the way. So we got up and walked across the way. Cause you know how it is in airport terminals. Like you're kind of like kept into your little spot by your gate. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So we walked over to their gate and they said, are you Crystal Sparks and Crystal Firo? We we're like, yes. They're like, oh, we were about to shut the doors because we've been waiting for you. And the funny part was, is for this time, We weren't late because we didn't arrive on time. We weren't late because we weren't prepared. We weren't late because we were lost. We weren't late for any other reason, but that we had been listening to the wrong voice. Like, cause at our gate, they were going to San Francisco. So they were saying boarding doesn't start for another 15 minutes. So we're like, we're good, right? But at the gate that we were supposed to be at, boarding was already over and we almost missed our opportunity. And in thinking about this and, and this message and, and prepping in my time together, the Lord brought this to my remembrance. And he told me, he said, I want you to tell my people that some of them are missing out on their destination, not because they're not prepared, Not because you're not at the right place, not because you're not with the right people, not because you're not going to the right place, but it's because you're listening to the wrong voice. You positioned yourself in a place where you're hearing the wrong signals. You're hearing the wrong calls and the voices you're listening to on a day in, day out. I need somebody to track with me today. The voices you're listening to have determined the relationships you have or don't have, the job you have or don't have, the place you live the lifestyle you have, everything is dictated by the voices you're listening to. And those voices is what's navigated you thus far. Those voices is what's causing problem in your marriage. Those voices is what's causing problem in your children. And you think the problem is your preparation. You think the problem's your locale. You think the problem's everything else. And the problem is you're not hearing the right voice. And you're watching everybody else go to their destiny. And you're watching everybody else leave happy. And you're watching every Everybody else live the life you want and you think there's something wrong with you. But if you'll just walk right over here, all of a sudden you'll hear a different voice and you'll realize that voice has been calling your name the whole time. See, it's all about positioning. See, the Bible says, choose you this day whose report you will believe. And it says, as for me and my house, we're going to believe the report of the Lord. See, this tells me two things. I want you to break it down. Two things about hearing the voice. Number one is that it's going to be a daily choice. Nobody can choose it for you. What voice you're going to listen to. And it tells me the other thing is that there's always going to be a voice that's contrary to God's plan for your life. So it's a daily choice. And it's a choice that's contrary to God's plan. So every day when you choose, and I'll just say this, every day is a blank slate and every day you get to choose again. 
And some of you, your life has been in a cycle for the last five years. And it's not because God's plan for your life isn't working. It's because you're not listening to the right right voice. No thought, no voice lives in your mind rent free. It costs you your joy. It costs you your time. Some of you couldn't sleep last night because you were up worried. Why? Because you let that voice move into your head. Mark Twain said this, I've had thousands of problems, many of which have never happened. Anybody identify with that? Isn't it amazing how your mind can put on the best soap opera? No novella can compete with what your mind can come up with. I mean, crazy stuff. But some of you, your life is going crazy because you haven't gotten your mind under control. You know, here Joshua is, and he's coming up to the biggest battle. You know, they've come out of the promised land. They've gone through Jericho. They're coming into the full fulfillment of everything that God's promised. But I want to rewind to you because in Joshua 1.8, the Lord spoke to Joshua. And he said, do not let this book of the law depart from your eyes or your mouth. In other words, he said, I need to make sure that you're hearing the right voice. Because there's going to come a day in battle that if you don't know this voice, you're going to miss your opportunity. And if he wouldn't have been faithful in the preparation part on the 1-8, we wouldn't have seen the miracle happen in Joshua 10. And a lot of us in our lives, we think, oh, it's no big deal. I'm just entertaining these thoughts. It's, it's not, it's nothing, Crystal. It's just a little thought of worry. It's just a little thought of this. Let me just tell you, little thoughts grow up into big behaviors. And everything in your life is the fruit of what you've thought about years and years and years. It's a pattern in your life. Um, I've read this statistic and I think it's interesting. So I'll share it with you. That 72% of all of our thoughts are negative. 72%. That's a lot. And then how about this? It takes 20 positive um, declarations to counteract one negative thought. 20 for one. So that means you should just be a walking, talking, positive person, right? I mean, it should just be all that's coming out of your mouth. Our self-talk is so important that Olympic athletes understand this so much so that they hire self-talk coaches. They hire a coach to stay with them all day, every day, and just self-talk to them. You're awesome. You can do this. You're equipped for this. You're called to do this. You're prepared for this. And I was listening to an interview and it was with Apollo Ono. And he was talking about before he got up to his Olympic meet and he said, I had my self-talk coach on the sideline. And he was telling me, you prepared all your life for this. There's nobody as good as you. There's nobody as talented as you. There's nobody who's put in the time like you. You get out there and do what you're called to do. And he said, and that voice is what I heard when I got up to the line. And I thought about this because how many of you guys know whenever, whenever you have a sibling or somebody who has a sibling and they're telling the drama of their family situation and you're listening to them and one person will tell the other and they'll say, well, their parents are just an enabler. Have you ever been guilty of saying that? Come on. They're just an enabler. And and the other person who says that to you, you just go, oh, they're an enabler because you can't help the child when the parents are what? enabler. Are you following me? Because the child will just keep making wrong choices, but the parent overrides the wrong choices by what they enable the child to do. See, the Holy Spirit is our enabler. 
He is the grace covering on every negative mistake that we could make. And he is the one who wants to be our self-taught coach. And so when you get up to the start line of every single day, it should be his that you hear telling you, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There's nobody who can do it like you. And see, when you've got an enabler on your side, it doesn't matter what mistakes you make because the enabler has enough money to trump any mistake you make. See, we read this in Joshua and we see how, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. No feet like it before or since. Doesn't that sound so amazing? But let's get the background. Joshua just made the biggest mistake of his life. He went and associated with people that the Lord told him not to associate with. And because of that, those people are now attacking him. And the whole nation of Israel is about to be destroyed. Now, you would think this story is amazing, but really what this story is, is God enabling his son to overcome and have a victory that he did not earn. It's God showing up in a moment of his greatest weakness and empowering him to do what the punishment should have been. He overrides it. Why? Because God is our enabler. He is the one, but we've got to hear the right voice. And so many of us, I want to ask you, what are you listening to? See, the Lord told him in Joshua 7, I'm sorry, Joshua 10, 8, it says, And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear that, for I've given them into your hand. There shall not a man of them stand before you. You know, the Lord gave him a promise. And when the battle came on and things got difficult, he remembered that promise. You know, you always have a place when you're walking and standing for your victory where you can compromise what the Lord's promised you. Parents, you can compromise that your children aren't going to serve the Lord. That's a promise in God's word. It's been spoken to you, but you can compromise it. You can give it up. The enemy can't take it from you, but you can give it up. And so he had to choose to stand on that. But the first thing happened is that he had to hear it. The next thing is, I want to tell you, how I know if you're growing spiritually. How many of you guys want to know if you're growing spiritually? I'll give you one quick test, all right? This will tell you if you're growing spiritually. What's coming out of your mouth? What's coming out of your mouth tells me how much you're growing spiritually. Church attendance does not make you grow. Okay, listen to Christian radio does not make you grow. It's when it gets into your heart, it begins to come out of your mouth. Think about this. Uh, Luke 6.45 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Or how about this? I love this because David in his failure messed up, slept with Bathsheba, did all kinds of awful things, killed a man. And then he pins these words in Psalm 119.11. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. In other words, if God's word gets into my heart and I begin to let it sink down deep, because you can sit in an atmosphere of worship like this and still choose to not be changed. But it's when it comes into your heart that now it comes out of your mouth. And I can listen to you talk and know what you believe. And you can tell me what you believe, but if it doesn't sound like what you're talking like all day long, your, your words are counseling out your faith. And you're saying, well, I'm believing God for a better job, but you're saying at home, oh, it's just never going to work out. You're, you're praying at church. You're going forward for prayer partners. Pray for my kids that they'll serve the Lord. But then you're going home and you're calling your kids things like turds. These are pet names people call their kids. Little rebels, little brats, divas. Ooh, it's quiet in here. 
I have people all the time, oh, you love your kids now, just wait till they get older. No, my kids, it's going to get better and better. You can choose to believe. I had a lady one time full on fight me, like wanted to punch me in the face because I told her my kids were not going to rebel in their teenage years. And she was adamant. She kept on going back and forth. Yes, they will. I said, no, they won't. She goes, yes, they will. I said, no, they won't. She goes, everyone's kids does. I said, mine won't. It's like they want so badly. But see, I've already got it so deep in here. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to shrink my level of faith down to what you're believing for. Now, you can believe that for your kids. But as for me and my house, they're going to serve the Lord. Think about this. I love it. So you got to begin to say it. you got to be willing to say it. Here he is in the midst of the battle, and Joshua stands up, and he says something ridiculous. He says, sun stand still and moon stay at bay. He says something so ridiculous. There is no miracle in the Bible to merit him to say that. There was no place in the Bible that said, if you'll boldly declare for the sun to stand still, it will. But you know what? He chose to believe if the Lord said that he's going to bring a victory, the only way we can have a victory is the sun can't go down because we got to see where the enemies are. And so he commanded it to stand still. You have to be willing to say what God asks you to say, even when it looks ridiculous. Our greatest victories comes out of acts of being left looking completely foolish. And he stands up there and says, son, stand still. Think about the woman with the issue of blood. She wasn't supposed to be in a crowd. She wasn't supposed to be out with other people, but the Bible says that she said unto herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I would be made well. Now, two things this tells me. Number one is somewhere along the way, she heard a testimony that gave her the faith to believe. And then second of all, she was willing to say it. Because if she went through the crowd saying what everybody else was saying about her, she wouldn't have got a miracle. And some of you aren't getting the miracle you want because you're so busy saying what everybody else, come on. You're saying what the doctor said. You're saying what your neighbors said. You're saying what the emails you got on Facebook and you're wondering why there's no miracles. Well, it's because all you're doing is talking the problem. You call your girlfriends and talk about the problem. If she would have walked through the crowd and said, well, everybody's rejected me. I'm not supposed to be here. Nobody appreciates me. Nobody loves me. Everybody's taking advantage of me. She would have gone home the same. And some of you are walking in here week after week and you're not leaving change because you're saying what everybody else is saying. When you start getting your self-talk right, when you start saying the right things, it's amazing what will begin to show up in your life. It's amazing what will begin to show up in your life. She was willing to say it. She was willing to say it. I can talk to you for just a few moments, and I can see what's in your heart. I don't need an x-ray to see it. Because if you've got fight on the inside, you're going to talk like a fighter. If you've got love on the inside, you're going to talk like a lover. But if you've got bitterness on the inside... I talk to you for five seconds and all of a sudden you're talking about how everybody always hurts you. Nobody ever likes you. I just have to listen to the words that you're saying. What if you just started an audio recording of you at your house and played it back and asked, would I want to spend time with me? I'll just say this. Most of you, the way that you talk to yourself, you wouldn't talk to your best friend that way. In fact, if if you talk to your best friend the way you talk to yourself, or ladies, if you talk to your best friend the way you talk to your husband, they wouldn't be in your life. Oh, come on. He had to be willing to say it. Everything that you see today was formed because God was willing to say it. 
He started with nothing. The Bible says in Genesis 1, God said, God saw. God said, God saw. God said, God saw. Everything in my life today is because I was first willing to say it, and then I saw it. But we want to see it, and then we'll say it. Well, when I get the money in my account, then I'll do this. No, you got to say it. And you got to say it when it looks foolish. I remember, this might sound dumb, but it just dropped in my heart, so I'll say it. Um, we were uh, just married, and we didn't have any money. We were broke as a joke, for real. Like, for real. That's Well, Crystal, you're just talking about saying, no, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, look back there. We were broke as a joke. I didn't talk like it then. I talked like, Lord, we're blessed. We're exceedingly prosperous. We're going to be a blessing to many nations. But our garage sale, our, our whole house was bought through a garage sale. Amen. And our couch was horrible, and everything we had was horrible. And I remember I was walking through a restoration hardware, and I saw one of the sofas, all the ladies in the house, just, can I get a witness? And I saw one of those sofas, and there was two thoughts that entered in my mind. The first thought was, I could never have something that nice. And the second thought was like, I'm going to have something that nice one day. And so I chose to believe the second. And I just laid hands on the couch and I said, Lord, I just thank you that one day you're going to bless me with a couch like that. And so just this last December, um, our couch, we needed a new one. And Brian was like, I want you to get whatever couch you want. Well, right after that, we got blessed with a, a significant amount of money. And he said, just take all that money and go buy a couch, do whatever you want with it. And I said, well, honey, it's going to take all that money to buy the couch I want. And he was like, oh, but I say that because all the men in the place, you feel that, you know, you know what I'm talking about. But what I'll say is this, is if I wouldn't have been, if I wouldn't have been willing to say it 16 years ago, I would never see it in my house. And I lay hands, and I know it sounds stupid, but every time I get in my car, I lay hands on the steering wheel. And I say, God, I thank you that this is a Lexus GX 460. I drive a Honda Odyssey. And I found out how much it's worth, and it feels stupid to sit behind the wheel of that car and say it. But I know I've got to say it if I want to see it. And the same is true for your, in your own life. You need to lay hands on your kids when they go to sleep at night and say, God, I thank you that as they go to sleep, that, they, that the Holy Spirit is talking to them, that they have angelic dreams and visitations. Moms, that your kids are moved out and they're away from the Lord. Pray while you make the food and say, Holy Spirit, I thank you that as they eat this food, it's like they're eating your word and that the Holy Spirit is getting on the inside of them and that God, that goodness and mercy are following them, that they can't get away from you. Why? Because as you begin to say it and before you know you begin to believe it. I've been saying I'm 25 for so long that when people ask me my age, I don't know. I'm like, y'all, I'm 25. Why? Because I've said it for so long. What are you saying that you just choose to believe? The Bible says in Revelations that we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. You've got to speak it. This is a speaking faith. You've got to be willing to declare it. Think about this. Jesus sitting with his disciples before he goes to the cross, he asked them this question, who do you say that I am? And what he's saying is, I want to see if this has really gotten in your heart. You, you've watched me do miracles. You've traveled with me for years, but I don't know what you believe until you say it. And he's measuring their faith by what they're willing to say. And I'll say the same is true in your own life. What are you saying about God's provision? What are you saying about your business? Lay hands. I remember I used, to lay, I used to lay hands. I had one check when we first got married, and I asked out our names. I just do stupid stuff. And I put the account of Jesus Christ on the top. 
right there. I asked out our names. I put the account in Jesus Christ. And there was times I didn't know how to pay our bills. I'd hold my checkbook up to heaven and say, God, you got a problem with your account. Because the Bible says that if I'm a tither, I'm in covenant with you. And I know that you don't pay your bills late. And right now I've got need of you. And so Jesus, I ask that you bless my checkbook. I would literally do that laying hands on my checkbook. You know what happened? Every time God would show up, but you gotta be willing to say it. We're not called, oh, well, that's kind of radical. Well, how's your results working for you? Let me ask you, how's your results working for you? I'll tell you, I've seen miracle after miracle, thing after thing. I remember laying hands on a Walmart bag, declaring it was gonna become a Louis Vuitton and it did. So whatever you want, you've got to be willing to say it. What are you saying? But the same's true in the negative. If he would have said, well, I guess the Lord's not going to defend us. The day's almost over. Just forget it. We're all washed up. You know what he would have gotten? Exactly what he said. He had to be willing to say it. The next thing is you got to be willing to do it. I think the Christian church is educated far beyond their level of obedience. And I'll just tell you, scripture memorization is not going to get you a miracle. If it would have, the Pharisees would have seen miracles before Jesus. The Pharisees knew scripture. They knew it forward and backwards, but it never got in their heart. And you got to be willing to act on it. See, Joshua continued the battle as though the Lord was going to leave the sun set in the sky. He kept doing it. Why? It was his act of faith. And you in your own life, you've got to have an act of faith to begin to step out into all God's called you to do. But I think a lot of times we think, well, if I had it, then things would be working. Let me just ask you a question. If your vacuum broke, Jimmy, and this isn't for real, and I went and bought you a vacuum. This isn't for real. This is just an illustration. (laughs) I bought you a nice Dyson, super great, and I brought it over to your house. It would be a gift I gave to you, right? But would your floors get clean by just having the vacuum? It wouldn't work until you did what? Use it. There's a word for somebody. Use your vacuum. (laughs) Having it in your house doesn't make your house clean. The Bible says upon salvation, we are all, somebody say all, all given a measure of faith. But it ain't going to work, baby, until you work it. You got to begin to get it out and begin to use that thing. That's why it's so important, not just to know the word, but declaring the word and acting as though it's already finished. That's when you're standing on it. You know, uh, Nancy, she's, her mom is hilarious. My, my iPhone screen is cracked to heck. Anybody else's iPhone screen? Awful. Mine's terrible. It's so bad. You can't even see what the image is. It's terrible. Everybody has wrinkles when you put their picture on my phone. And so I was talking with Nancy's mom the other day and everywhere she goes, her iPhone is in an otter box and it's wrapped in a beach towel. She can't even hear the phone ring because it's wrapped in a beach towel because she's so afraid that it might get cracked. And I told her, I said, Isabel, how do you even talk on the phone? She goes, well, I take it out when I'm going to make a phone call and then I put it back in. And I said, well, that's silly. I said, phones are made to be used. She goes, yeah, but I don't have a phone that looks like yours. I'm like, ooh, burn. (laughs) But I began to think about that. And that's how a lot of us are with our faith. We have it in a like secure, safe spot and we're so afraid to use it. So we bring it to church on Sunday, wrapped up in a beach towel and we set it on the seat and we go, oh, I've had the same charge for a few weeks now. Yeah. Cause you're not using it. You know why I read my Bible every day? It's because I already used the 
charge I got yesterday, and I need a fresh charge for today because whatever you use, and I would rather get to the finish line of my faith with a phone that's completely busted up, a faith that's completely broken than a faith that's pristine. And the same way that Jesus gave it to me on the measure of salvation, here Joshua is with a broken faith and a broken faith. A messed up faith. Somebody who had made mistakes. The Bible says there had never been a day before nor since. And it didn't happen because he didn't make mistakes. It didn't happen because he wasn't listening or he wasn't saying. But it happened because he was willing to listen, say, and do what God called him to do. Today, to wrap up our message, we have a speaking faith. And so we're going to go through a few declarations. Y'all remember in old school church, you would read your Bible together. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I think it's powerful to read your Bible together, but we're gonna say these declarations together. And so let's put the first one up. I want you to declare this. And as you declare it, I don't want it to just be words that you say. I want you to picture them going out and doing what you're saying that they're gonna do. So let's say this first one. My past can no longer define me. I am fully forgiven and free from all shame. Old things have passed away and all things become new. Next one. All of my children love the Lord all the days of their life. They will never know a day away from your house or your presence. That's so good. I am able to do anything God calls me to do. No obstacle is so high that God can't get me over it and no valley so deep that God won't see me through it. I have more than enough. All my needs are met according to God's riches and glory. I am increasing in favor and influence for the kingdom of God. God is blessing me with favor upon favor and gift upon gift. My heart is free from all hurts and bitterness. I am able to forgive because of what Jesus has forgiven me of. Last one, no weapon formed against me can prosper. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you those seven simple things. If you just started saying those every day, put it on your mirror, start saying it. I'd love our creative team to have it on social media so you guys can get it and start declaring it. Watch what begins to happen in your life. Because why? God's word is active. And when it's spoken out of our mouth, it begins to do what we send it forth to do. Amen. Can I pray for you? Jesus, I'm just so thankful, God, for your house and for these people. And Lord, I just say right now in this place that, God, we're not going to just be hearers of your word. We're not just going to be sayers, but we're going to be doers. Lord, help us say the words that you've asked us to say. Holy Spirit, any place where we've spoken words that are hurtful, things that we've been speaking negative over. Lord, I just thank you that right now, the moment they come out of our mouth, that God, you'll convict us. Show us the areas that we're sabotaging our success. Show us the areas where we haven't been listening to your voice and instead have been listening to negative voices. Lord, I thank you as we begin to do these things that God, we're going to see the most amazing things take place in our life because your word is living. It is active, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Jesus, we love you. At the Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. 
If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you'd like to contribute financially, you can go online to thechurchrc.com slash giving. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at thechurchrc.com.